Hey parents, it's good to have you with us once again on the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright. I'm here along with Dr. Michael Gurian. And as always, we are talking about all things boys and girls and parenting. And we're so glad that you're uh, joining us for this podcast today. Uh, if you this is your first time listening, by the way, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you like what you hear, we hope you'll subscribe. You can go to wonderofparenting.com. It's wonderofparenting.com. And there'll be some links there that you can use to subscribe to the podcast and get it every Monday. Uh, Also, some resources there uh, to help you in your parenting adventure. And uh, we hope that they will be helpful for you, as uh, we will find out from one of our listeners today. Uh, Another thing you can do on that website is write us a question. And so this is the fourth week now that we've been answering questions. And uh, in the meantime, we've gotten in more really good questions, and we will get to those eventually. Uh, But today we want to answer a question from Sarah in London. And uh, I just want to do a shout-out to all of our friends listening in London, uh, just as a a way to waste a little airtime. My daughter went to school in London. She went to the American University in Richmond on the Thames and then went to SOAS. And uh, so Jan and I got out to see our daughter many, many times. Uh, we love London. We love England. Michael, have you ever been there? Yes, yes, many uh, times. It's a great country. It it just is, and of course, it's a great walking city. London is number yeah. one, and uh, and Jan and I. Uh, so those of you who watch British TV, you'll recognize this. We have a subscription to Acorn and to BritBox. We watch all the British mysteries. So we're really into it. I get a, a magazine called Britain. Every uh, quarter. So, I mean, I love that country, uh, and uh, it's just so beautiful, and it's one of our p- favorite places. And so it's really a, a delight uh, to have a question coming from Sarah. And she did sign it from London, so I'm assuming she meant London, England, and not L- London somewhere in the United <laughs> States. Um, so, uh, Michael, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read portions of it. This is a really good topic uh, about boys and rules and boundaries. And uh, I, I think uh, our listeners are going to appreciate that. And even though this is specific to boys, I think uh, parents of girls are going to get a lot out of this as well. Uh, so she begins by thanking us for the podcast, and you're very, very welcome. We appreciate you listening. So this is her situation. She's got a 12-year-old son, and throughout his life, he's been an anxious child, which manifests in angry outbursts, refusal to instruction or to follow instruction and being unable to sleep and in a previous episode a few weeks ago we did talk about anxiety uh, and refer you back to that all of you if you've got uh, a child with anxiety issues um, now they uh, she says that they are uh, right now to help him they're using uh, some of the tools that that you've created they're getting counseling for their son overall uh, he's settled he's happy uh, she says he's kind and fun and musically talented uh, and Michael, they've been following your guides on screen time, uh, and uh, uh, mm. they've given chores and so on to follow. But sure. here's the here's what's happening. Uh, what has happened more recently is that he is showing some anxiety relating to some of his friends' opinions of our rules, as they play live online and play and send play requests. And uh, if it is a weeknight, he's unable to play. So he lies to his friends about why he's not allowed to play, as he thinks it is so strict of us to only let him play Friday through Sunday. Uh, And in parentheses, I would just say blame Gurian for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He has asked if he can play when his friends are over, even if it's on a day when he's not allowed, as he doesn't want them to know he's not allowed. Uh, In more extreme moments, he said hurtful things like, I wish I didn't have a mum like you, and I wish I wasn't uh, wasn't a part of this family. 
We have managed to stick to the rules and boundaries, but this one does lead to conflict. So, because I want him to progress more socially, there's a part of me that wants to allow him to play at other times when his friends are playing so that he doesn't miss out. Because a lot of chatter and action happens during these big games, and while I know that too much screen time is not good, I do feel conflicted that my strict rules will ultimately make him rebel or that he will end up being left out of the action with his friends. Also, perhaps with some children, they need the social approval more than others? Question mark. Do some children perhaps thrive better with looser rules? I'm interested in your opinion on this. And so mm-hmm. um, even though there's a specific kind of screen time, Michael, I think probably every family, uh, especially with teenagers, boys and girls, have those moments when boundaries and values of the family come into contact conflict with boundaries and values of other families and uh, boy navigating that is a is a big one so we're all sitting on the edge of our seats waiting Ah. to hear the gurian insights oh my gosh (laughs) yeah uh, of uh, of how to handle these kinds of things and the normal pushback from a son as he's growing up and uh, you know keeping boundaries and so on so you go and then as i'm listening i'll try to chime in with some more questions oh okay well, and you'll have, of course, wonderful insight on this, too. Um, I, I I think that there are some things that could be done here, uh, and and there are a couple things that, that make this situation one in which maybe the rules will get bent. Uh, so the child has a good amount of anxiety and has been wrestling with that uh, for, for, you know, for a long time. That is part of this equation, and that might be... And, and so that's going to include some social anxiety. And right. so then this, these rules, which are from a brain-based point of view, they are good. They're, they are really good for the, uh, the developing brain not to be doing video games on school nights. But for this child, it may be that they need to get bent a little uh, because of the, the anxiety and social anxiety so that we don't see just an increase in that because he doesn't fit. And that that could, you know, that anxiety coupled with this strictness um, could make him, as she's hinting, could make him rebel uh, in ways they don't really want. Um, uh, so it's, you know, get into high-risk behavior later or something as part of rebellion. So, you know, it might be for this family that... Um, uh, that in a sense, people on a podcast can't solve this, that they may need to go talk to someone who knows this guy and who can get to know this guy and figure it out with them. Uh, and, and okay, while they're doing that, be thinking about maybe using when he turns 13 as a rite of passage and saying, okay, you've turned 13 and you're, you're, you know, you're a responsible kid, you're a good kid, you're getting good grades. Um, uh, you're going to be able to do video games on one or two school nights as you've asked for, you know, and use it as a rite of passage. That's a possibility because I, I assume he'd be turning 13 relatively soon. Um, th- that's kind of what, what hits me. Basically, these are good rules, but I think parents have to follow their instincts with a, with a child who, male or female, who might, who, for whom they might be a bad consequence down the line with rebellion and high-risk behavior um, especially if every one of his friends is trying to bond with him and relate with him through these video games. So I think maybe the rules might need to be bent. So what do you what, think? Yeah, so what I appreciate, first of all, about Sarah and her family is uh, they are really committed to doing the best they can to do the best for their son. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so that includes, of course, reading resources that you've created or or getting counseling for their son. They, they seem to really understand him. And what I appreciate, too, is she's already sort of leaning toward what you've said, where you know, the the big picture would say, yes, he needs to be less uh, on the screen less, but her intuition is telling her, my son's a little different, and is there room for some leeway? So let's mm. let's kind of move out a little bit from just this specific to a little bigger picture that may help uh, Sarah and her family and others. Uh, as I was listening, it seemed to me that there were two, th- two words that came to my mind. Uh, one was uh, earning. Uh, what are some things that, that uh, like Sarah's family, might be able to do with their son so that he can earn greater privilege, uh, if, if that's helpful? Uh, and also then, I think about negotiating. And uh, I, I know, particularly later in life, I've, I've often heard uh, marriage therapists say that one good way for males and females to relate to each other, particularly if you want a man uh, in on the deals, to, to kind of use negotiation language, because men understand that. Transactional, uh, yeah. Yes. Right. Are, so, are there, uh, so speak about these two things in terms of maybe negotiating and or earning uh, when it comes to rules and boundaries, particularly now as these kids start moving more toward independence uh, and trying to move away from mom and dad and become their own selves as they turn 12, 13, 14, and 15. Yeah. Yeah. Very wise on your part. Yeah. Every, um, as you know, you've heard me say many times and write many times that as kids are coming adolescence, it's especially important that every new privilege they get is connected with a new responsibility so that they're not just getting, you know, new privileges and not new responsibilities. And so that would be something that would, would fit well with the rite of passage, having conversation with him and saying, okay, um, you know, we're, we're moving in the direction of allowing this, this privilege for you for these reasons. And, um, at, and at the same time, you know, here, here are you going to be your responsibilities. You, your grades have to stay whatever is appropriate for him. I don't think she told us that, but whatever are, you know, good grades for him, they need to stay that. And he, he, he can't give up his schoolwork. He's got to, you know, that's got to be good. Um, here are the chores you have to do. And we're adding a new chore. You know, this is a new chore for you. You're going to be 13. Um, now you have to do blank, whatever that would be for their family. Uh, you need to, here's a pattern that you're in. Like you get really angry and you do blank. And we need, to, you're going to need to work on that. You need to, um, so I'll give an example. You get really angry and you come right up in my face and yell yell in my face that you hate me. Okay, well, you are not going to be able to do that anymore. That's just not respectful. It's not appropriate. If you want this new privilege, then that that behavior ends, uh, which I think is we were going to speak about this thing about I hate you, I hate you, um, uh, that she mentioned. And that's, you know, that's one that I think he needs to earn the new privilege by ending that because that's so disrespectful of parents. Um, so I would say that, and so this can be transactional. They they can lay this out with him and say, here it is. Uh, or as you said, negotiating. Here's what what we are offering, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, and you're becoming independent. Uh, you're welcome to negotiate back uh, with us having the ultimate authority still. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. 
The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Is that, yes. is that the direction yeah, you were thinking of? Yes, I, I think so. And, and um, uh, so let's press that a little further uh, because we are talking some, uh, this isn't just... Um, about a social relationship with his friends. This is about a boy now starting to move into puberty and begin that journey to manhood. And so there are going to be some some times when he's going to push against these boundaries over and over and over again. And so what wisdom can you give to parents in terms of how much... Uh, they just stand firm and uh, how much they, you know, as a boy gets older or a daughter gets older, uh, how much more leeway do you give to that give and take? And how much more, uh, wh- wh- where does the shift take place where the boy comes to mom and dad and says, here's how I'd like to negotiate versus the mom and dad saying, there is no negotiation. You're too young to negotiate. Uh, if that's, th- there's several oh, yeah. questions in once, but. Uh, yeah, that's appropriate. I mean, the parents, the parents are going to be the gauge uh, well, I'll say the parents, with the help of probably two or three other people who are yep. deeply engaged in their son's life, maybe a coach, and by the way, daughters too. Now we've b- moved into a realm that's for all children. Right. Um, uh, so the parents and then a couple other people, let's say, they're going to have a clear sense of the maturation pattern for this child. And if if they if they're thinking, Huh? You know, this he's he or she is maturing pretty well. Then they're going to give in a little more in the negotiation because it's really all going to be about maturation. And what and maturation is executive functioning. Maturation is the con- connections between the midbrain, where all these urges of adolescence are happening, uh, these impulses of childhood, and then connecting to the frontal cortex and the various parts of the frontal lobe, which is where executive decision-making is happening. And, and maturation is really very much about all those, those years of adolescence where we connect as children, we connect the frontal lobe to the urge parts of the brain. And, and by the time we're an adult, we connect them very well. Our executive decision-making is very good. And that's, you know, pretty much what maturity is. So if, if he or she is, is, is maturing Right then, I think the parents have more leeway to to give in and to say, "Okay, yeah, I, I like that. Let's try that." And when they give in, let's say, I think you know they give in for two weeks or they give in for a month. We're not, uh, we're still the authority. He still is or she is only twelve or thirteen, so they are still children. And so we still say, "Yeah, let's try that." You know, I like I like what you're saying. I think you know you're maturing well in these ways. Congratulations to you for that, you know, praise for you for that. Let's test it out and uh, try playing video games. So to go back to this example, try playing video games um, uh, once a week. Let's give it a shot. Uh, or or someone else, uh, a girl or a boy. Okay, you get your phone. You get a phone now for social media. Um, you're 13. We're giving you a phone. You now will have access to social media, but we're trying it for uh, a month. 
And if things start to go wrong, we're taking it away. So the negotiation is, is a little bit probationary uh, throughout these early adolescent years. Um, and, and, and I always want to say to parents, you know, they're really, unless like this is a situation where a child has an anxiety disorder and we're trying to navigate that, um, it's nothing really wrong with being strict. Right. You know, it's not, we always, we're kind of in a permissive time and it started, it started when you and I were kids, we're baby boomers, where there was a lot of permissiveness and there's still kind of passiveness and permissiveness from parents. And, and I, I'm not condemning that or anything. I think parents are intuitive and really smart, but, but sometimes parents can worry that their kids really will hate them if they have good rules. And that, that's not, if parents are not abusing children, the kids are not going to hate them. The rules are there for a purpose. Uh, if the rules become uh, become abusive and so authoritarian that that the child is you know can't even grow up, okay, that's bad. But basic rules like this, uh, there is leeway for transaction, for negotiation, and for probationary periods. And um, and there's leeway for the parents to take the privilege back if the child isn't doing those three things they've identified that he or she needs to do to earn the privilege. So we're listening uh, to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and we're answering a question from our friend Sarah in London, and that's the country that brings us those great shows like Doctor Who and Mr. Bean and Downton Abbey, and of course, great, great questions from people like Sarah. And uh, Michael, you just handled that uh, very, very well because my question was so inarticulate. So thank you for picking up all the strains of it. Oh, I think uh, it was a great question. So no, no. I, I want to add one more word in which you've already you've already uh, talked about. So we've got uh, say negotiation, uh, and uh, we, we've sort of got um, the thoughts of probation in there, uh, and then consequences. Let's talk a little bit about consequences that. Uh, and, and tease that out a bit more, that we can't just say, okay, we agree to this without some sort of uh, positive consequence or negative consequence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, is, that is the probation. If, if, uh, if he or she is, you know, one of the three things they, they have to do, the new responsibilities to get the new privilege is to uh, clean up after dinner, let's say, uh, could be anything, and, and they, the child doesn't do that, you know, Okay, three times rule, you know, didn't do it once. Okay, I told you. And remember, this is, you got a new privilege. Um, okay, se second time, didn't do it. And then third time, you take away the privilege. So definitely consequences. And if if the, if the he or she does something dangerous, you know, in, in this time, then there's no three times rule. It's just zero tolerance. You know, okay, you weren't ready for it. You're not mature enough for this new privilege. Um, we take it away for, and our negotiation is for how long? Well, we'll take it away for three months. And then let's see how you do in three months, earn it back in three months. Uh, but if it's not something dangerous that the child does, I kind of like the three times rule for consequences just to give chances because kids are impulsive and and they're trying to rebel and individuate. So let's give them a little room. Um, and and then, you know, the consequence is the consequence. And if, and if the discipline system is set up that way, like for instance, our, our family's discipline system was set up around the three times rule. So if it's set up that way, we got to stick to it, you know, and and sometimes in families, there will be one person, one parent who's more uh, rigid and and will absolutely stick to it, you know, and another parent who has more give. And I, I think that's OK. As you know, I think by, by strategic parenting is really great for kids, that kids get different parenting styles um, uh, at the same time on this particular one, if the consequences have been have been promulgated to the kid. In other words, told the kid, these are the consequences if you do blank or don't do blank. 
then I think on that one, we err on the side of the rigid one. And we absolutely stick to those consequences. It's also really important for us as parents to have thought through uh, reasonable consequences. You know, we've all heard the story of, well, if you mm-hmm. do that one more time, I'm going to throw your video games out in the garbage, or I'm going to throw you out the window. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it, and those are things that, you know, kids know aren't going to happen, number one. Uh, and number two, it's it's not realistic. And then we also sometimes have those consequences that, don't really hurt for for example i'm i'm in the the church business being a pastor uh parents who say yeah we didn't come to church last week because our kid was naughty and so we punished him by not taking him to church and i thought i don't think he probably saw that as a punishment really um (laughs) and i don't want to say bring him to church as a punishment either of course that's that's not (laughs) what we're trying to say but but we do need to to kind of think through uh, before we enter into negotiation, because we're the parents, um, you know, what are uh, the, the the consequences to certain actions that we will carry out that will not punish the child, that's not the point, but will really teach them and discipline them? Yeah, yeah, that, very well said. I, I think that's absolutely true. The parents need to get together and maybe with the help of Godmother, Godfather, you know, these few people who absolutely know this child, maybe counselor too, if the child has a counselor, and kind of plan it out. As you say, plan it out, make a list, say this is it, you know, this is it, uh, work with the child. And as the child gets older, the child should feel free to make suggestions, you know, uh, at a certain point with our kids, uh, I believe it was around 13 or 14, um, we started saying more and more, okay, sit down, here we go, we're going to work this out with you. You're going to tell us what the consequences should be. And, mm. it, you know, gradually that happens. 12 is too young, probably a little of that for 12, but but certainly by by, um, well, certainly at 12, you could listen to the child, but I don't think the child has a lot of empowerment at 12 to set those up. But as the kids get older and have better executive functioning, basically, and more mature, it's it's great to have them sit down with us and say, okay, here's, here's yeah, I did this wrong. I think this is a good consequence. Um, or, you know, I think that was too much. Like, to your point, uh, take throwing my video games away, that's too much. Let's work out something else. I know I did wrong, Mom. I know I did wrong, Dad. Uh, let's take them away for three weeks. And right. Give me a chance. You know, And I think that's good. That's good. And again, unless the child has done something criminal or dangerous, in that case, no negotiation. And and again, well, I think what we're we're trying to say, and I and parents, we know this intuitively, but it's it's good to be said that when we're putting rules in place and boundaries in place, we do them to protect our kids. We do them to teach our kids. We do them to mold and shape our kids so that they become good, responsible adults. We don't put rules in place to punish or to be mean. Uh, these are things that uh, come out of our own values, come out of our life experience, certainly come out of the way the world works and our own individual kids. These rules are good for kids, and kids really need them. They need boundaries in order to, to thrive in life. Oh, they want them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, all the research shows this, that that uh, kids want parents and or, and or whoever their caregivers are, want them to absolutely set rules and boundaries and expectations that the kids can reach reachable expectations reasonable rules uh strong boundaries are absolutely wanted kids don't really want to to be yelling at their mom that they hate their mom they 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 don't really want that but they're impulsive and they will do it if they're allowed to but kids want to respect their parents and they want their parents to act in respectable ways. And one of the respectable ways parents act is by giving rules to kids. 
uh, that are reasonable and that kids can follow and be part of the process. Uh, there's no, I, I mean, I think people pretended 30, 40 years ago that there was a bunch of research saying kids don't want rules and it lowers their self-esteem and all that. But I think that was just people pretending. Um, I, I, there's no good brain research or no good science-based research that denies uh, how much children want uh, to meet expectations and to have rules. There's a, a story I've told before, and and uh, I don't know if it was based on an actual uh, scientific uh, study or if it's just made up, but but it does sort of illustrate the point. It's about a group of uh, students, elementary age students, who were put out onto a field uh, during recess, and there were no fences up or anything. And the kids that day basically kind of stayed in a huddle in the middle of the field, the next day when they came out, there was a fence around the whole field, and that day they were running all over the place yep. because the boundary made them feel safe. And, of course, you you think about any kind of sporting event, you've got boundaries, you've got rules, you, you can't live society, you can't live life without these things. And so these rules are really an act of love on the part of parents, and we shouldn't be... Uh, you know, afraid. We shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't apologize for the boundaries that we really believe are important for our kids, as long as you say they're reasonable uh, and they're meant to help us raise good boys and, and good girls um, and not the, not the restrictive kind that we often think about. Um, yeah, the word love, you've said, you've said something very important there. If they're, if they're loving, you know, if the rules are loving rules, yep. uh, that, that's what, that's really what it's about we are loving our children by helping them with rules and boundaries. So I have two other things I want to uh, get at on, okay. on this subject, and one is this thing about trying to negotiate, helping your son or your daughter negotiate their way through the difference in the rules that your family has versus their friends have, and mm-hmm. and to do that without being critical, for example, of the friends, uh, but at the same time to say, you know, they may do it one way, but this is how we do it here. And how do we help kids navigate? Because that's the way life was going to be, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is how we do it in our family. Uh, these are our values. This is how we do it in our family. You know, that I mean, that's the basic mantra. This is how we do it in our family. Um, I, I'm not going to really comment on how that's done over there. Or I will comment on it, but not judgmentally. I'm just going to say... Right. This is our family, and this is how we do it in our family, and and we think this is reasonable for these reasons, and this is what we're going to do. Uh, that the, every parent will face that. You're absolutely right. Every, I mean, we certainly you faced it with your kids. I faced yep. it with mine. Uh, I, I I was pretty. I wasn't rigid, but I but I made kids our kids stick to rules, and they would go to other people's houses, and they would do things differently. Now, I one thing I didn't do is I didn't try to be a big brother to other families, I would say to, and my, Gil and I both did this, we'd say to our kids, we know you're going to do things differently in other houses, you know, and so go enjoy yourself. But remember, this is how we do it, you know. So um, unless they got into criminal or dangerous behavior at other people's houses, we didn't get in other people's worlds, but but we were clear on our rules. The other thing then is a lot of this discussion has really come around that 12, 13, 14 year old age where kids start to individuate and and uh, start to push against boundaries. Sometimes it can happen a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And this is why uh, tribes and cultures created rites of passage. Mm-hmm. And uh, take just a moment. We've talked about this before, uh, but I think rites of passage uh, and taking our sons and daughters through rites of passage uh, at this point in their lives, it can be really helpful then in continuing the discussion about boundaries and rules. 
Yeah, yeah, because because just just like we're thinking about, oh, give him give him some video games back as a rite of passage. That's a right way to think. We always want to be thinking in that as kids are 11, 12, 13, 14, we always want to be thinking, how do we make this into a rite of passage? Uh, like giving them a, a cell phone. So we gave our kids cell phones uh, uh, at 13 and we told them you're going to get it at 13. It's going to be a rite of passage. It's um, uh, and then rites of passage themselves like the ones that you and I created that I, I bet you're going to refer to on our Wonder of Parenting website. Yep. Uh, these are all set up to, <clears throat> to to help the child to feel like this movement from from childhood to adulthood is, is, a, is heroic. It's a quest. It's wise. It's part of a journey, and it's epic and amplified. Uh, and so, so the child goes through the rites of passage and feels a little more important and actually understands also why rules exist and what the benefits of them are and why, you know, why boundaries exist. All of this and what the benefits of them are kind of flow through the rite of passage. Uh, and so I, I, I think it's a good way to think about it and a good, it's a good language to use with kids. This is a rite of passage. This is a rite of passage uh, because it helps them to be thinking maturity, 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 mm -hmm. you know, and since they're going to try to grab it, rites of passage anyway, like driving a car, getting you know, getting their learner's permit, going out and, and getting drunk, trying drugs, you know, they're going to, they're going to whatever is their rite of passage, they're going to find with their peer group, they're going to try for it. So we might as well contextualize what we're doing in their maturation right. as rites of passage. So, so you know, for me, uh, rules and boundaries are always about building a certain kind of substance into the lives of our kids uh, to to give mm -hmm. them the the grit, as you like to talk about, the yeah. uh, sort of the chutzpah to live the kind mm -hmm. of life that we hope they will live. And and so, really, in a lot of ways, our rules, our boundaries are about values, and that's part of what a rite of passage does is it continues to instill into our sons, into our daughters. Uh, this is what a man looks like in our culture. This is what a woman looks like in our culture. And uh, Michael and I have created uh, some resources for you. If you go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and scroll down the page, you will find, uh, for dads and their junior high sons, uh, heroic conversations. And we have one that is for secular families, one faith edition. We also have wisdom conversations for moms and their junior high daughters and in both the secular and the faith editions. And then uh, for those of you who maybe have kids who are 16 to 18, 20, we have a ceremony. And where the rite of passage is uh, more of a, uh, several weeks, the ceremony is an hour or two maybe three, to just mark specific events in their maturation. Uh, you know, 16 is a time when kids tend to get driver's license. I don't know what they do in, in England. Um, a lot of people take mass transit. Uh, but there are certain moments, graduating from high school, uh, graduating from college, getting married, having a, a child, where a ceremony to mark that event is a great way just to root our children in this new moment in their lives. So if you're interested in any of those, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and uh, you order that, and uh, we send that to you uh, in some files that you can use over and over again. Um, Michael, it's always uh, yeah. just such good discussion and great questions, and we're going to have a lot more questions as we uh, move into the rest of this year. But uh, before we sign off, uh, tell us again about the new parenting course that you have, the online parenting course. Yeah, it's it, it, you know this is such a great question for it. Um, 
the uh, right there on wonderofparenting.com actually when you, when people scroll down they'll also see sort of my my picture in the parenting course and if you click that you it'll link you over to greeninstitute.com where that parenting course is housed great uh, or people can go to greeninstitute.com and you'll see my face right there and it'll say online course for parents you can click that uh it's 6 hours of video divided into into pieces so people can you know listen to it and look at it over a period of month two months, however long they want. And it also includes conference calls with me and other uh, the community of people taking the course. Uh, all of this is in the in the in the one price. And then it also includes one um, uh, our parent confidential coaching session with me, uh, with no one else, just me and the and the, the parent who took the course or the parents who took the course. So there's a lot of value there. And and questions like these and a lot of the questions we're looking at through our podcast uh, were are also inside that parenting course. Uh, it's you know over six hours. You can tell there's a lot. There's about a hundred strategies to use with kids. So uh, I hope people will look at that. It's the Minds of Boys and Girls online course for parents. And what a great resource uh, for parents to have because again, it's it's based in good science. It's it's uh, based in good wisdom. Of course, Michael had great experience raising uh, two daughters and has worked with parents for for many many years so i highly recommend that you go to wonderofparenting.com and uh, you'll find all the resources there green institute was it green institute or, yeah, yeah, yeah. green institute.com and then for those of you who just want to keep in touch with what we're doing we do have a facebook page so just go to facebook and search wonder of parenting and join the group and uh, throughout the week uh, we're posting different articles Sometimes we'll reference things in our podcast that we don't have time to get at. We put that on the Facebook page. So it's just a way for us to stay connected. And again, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends about it. Write a review on iTunes for us, and um, we hope that you'll keep on listening. And uh, Michael, thank you so much for your wisdom thank, once again. Thank you, Tim. Great questions. And Sarah, thank you uh, from writing all the way from London. We hope to hear from our friends from other parts of the world as well. Those of you in the United States, you can put your questions on wonderofparenting.com. And we look forward to being back with you again next week. You have a great week.